Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Super excited to be sharing the word with you today. Um, we're going to continue our series on Romans. If you've been with us over the past few weeks, you'll know we're up to about chapter 3. So um, we're going to jump straight in. Romans chapter 3, 21 starts with the words, but now. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. But now. These may be two of the greatest words ever written. See, they, they should fill us with joy and gratitude and wonder. Because Paul signals this massive shift in his letter. You've probably realised, if you've been following our reading plan over the past few weeks, that the majority of chapter 1, 2 and 3 tends to look at what? Anyone? Sin. That's right. This, this problem we have as hum- humans that mean that we fall short. We don't have it all together to be in the, the presence of God. And also we've learnt over these past few weeks that, that, sin, uh, that, that God has this, this righteous anger against sin. It means that there's a consequence to that, that sin that's in the world and inside of each one of us. And what we've learnt is that without exception, every single person, whether they're Jews or Gentiles, we've heard, doesn't matter where they've come from, every single human being has this nature of sin inside them. We are essentially, without any further knowledge of anything else in the Bible, we are guilty before God, without the ability to do anything about it. And that's pretty sobering news. But then it says, but now. That's the hope we have. Last week, Pastor Bree shared a message on, on the nature of sin and what it means for us to, to be fully aware of the gravity of our sinful nature and the, 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 the expression of our gratitude as a result, what we've been saved from. And see, this is the second half of that message. We, we know that we are sinful people, but now, but now there's hope. See, see Paul doesn't say, one day. He doesn't say hopefully. He doesn't say sometime in the future. He's not saying maybe. He says, but now. Not only God has has found a solution to this problem of sin, Jesus, right? We happen to know the end of the story. And that's what we're going to explore today. We're going to look at the, 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 the balance of this equation, our salvation, what it means to be saved from the consequences of that sin. Verse 22 says this, the righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Not some, all. And so if you're in this room right now and you've known Jesus for a while, maybe today you need a reminder of that. You need a reminder of the certainty of your salvation And maybe if you're not yet a Christian, maybe you've still got questions. 
I want you to leave with that same certainty. Certain that you are in right standing with God, no matter what you've done, no matter what, where you've come from, no matter your past, what matters now is your future. But now. And the scripture says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is verse 23. But see, you can't take verse 23 without 24. Verse 24 says, and all are justified by the grace, by his grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. They come together. Verse 23 and 24. All are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We know we all have a past. We know we all fall short in many and varied ways. Father God, we, we come with open hands. There's nothing we can bring. There's nothing we have that can fix that relationship. But praise God, Father, that you have made a way for us to be in your presence, that we might have a relationship with you, that you no longer hold the, the weight of our sin against us, yet set us free from the burden of the, the eternal consequences of that sin. Father God, would you speak to us today? Would you make us aware of your presence and your grace? In Jesus' name, amen. So to recap on last week, there's this problem. There's this problem of sin. We've just learnt that there's this fundamental conflict between God's absolute perfection, his absolute righteousness, and the sinful nature of this world. They're incompatible. It's like when you try to put the same ends of two magnets together and they cannot get together. They can't be in the same place at the same time. The scripture says all have sinned and fall short. And we've learnt that, that many times in this message so far and through, through Romans already in chapter 3, Paul says it's everyone. He's trying to drive home the fact that no one is spared. doesn't matter if you're Jewish you have the heritage and the law and all of those things, or if you're a Gentile, someone who's never been exposed to that before. The same thing applies today. doesn't matter who we are, where we're from, this message is open to us. And see, that's a problem, right? Because God can't tolerate sin, but also he's the perfect judge. There's a consequence that needs to be paid. And so God's in this kind of conundrum. He can't go back on his word. He can't go back on his promise that he's made. Yet someone needs to pay the price. And see, there was a plan for a, a, a chosen set of people, the people of Israel, that they might be the, the rescuer of the nation, of, of all people, that, that there might be a solution to this problem. But see, the, the trouble with the people of Israel is, well, they're people. They don't get it right, and most of the Old Testament's full of how they don't get it right. It's like throwing water on a fat fire. It's just going to make it worse. They've sent an ambulance to rescue everyone, and that ambulance is in strife. It needs rescuing itself. And see, God made a promise to Abraham that he would bless the nation of Israel and that, 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 he, would, um, that he would send restoration through the nation of Israel. So he's made that promise. He can't go back on his promise because he's God, right? He's all good. 
He doesn't make promises he can't keep. Yet something needs to happen. A price needs to be paid for the weight of the sin of the world. And see, it's not through the law either. See, we, we read in verse 20, just immediately before the passage we're reading today, where it says, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law we become conscious of our sin. See, the law highlights the problem, but it doesn't solve it. And so there's four elements to this, this problem of sin. We're all in it together. We've all sinned, every one of us. It's the nature of humanity. Israel's in strife. They have fallen short of the plan God had for them because they're people. God must keep his promises because he's completely perfect, completely holy. He will not go back on a promise he's made. And the law can't do the saving. It can highlight the problem. Granted universal sin and granted God's promises to Israel, how can God be just, be faithful to the covenant he made, and at the same, do- at the same time do what is just, as a just judge ought to do, deal with the- dealing with evil on one hand and rescuing helpless people that come to him in the other? It seems like this impossible problem. It's a tension point. How can there be a solution? Well, there's a solution. There's a solution to this impossible problem. And how does God solve it? Well, he solves it by giving us his own righteousness. He takes his own righteousness and gives it to us. And being the judge, he's also the one that justifies us, makes it right. The one who sets what is right becomes the person who makes us right. There's a way that God can continue to keep his promise. There's a way that God can fulfill all the justice and continue to save each and every one of us. That's by God offering himself as the price for our sin. Jesus at the cross. He was this price. And see, these verses that we're looking at in Romans, particularly in this section, but throughout, they can kind of be pretty intimidating. There's, there's big theological terms here. And like I said in the first week, at face value, it seems pretty straightforward, but the deeper we go, the, 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 the deeper we look, the harder we, we press into this, we realise it's so, so deep. And so, thankfully... And also, like I mentioned, we're not doing this just in the half an hour together we have on Sundays. Hopefully you've been reading through this. Hopefully you've been investing in this throughout the week. It's not too late if you want to jump in. So we're good so far. Yeah? So when Paul says that we're all justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus, he doesn't mean that we're just off the hook. It doesn't mean that we've, our name's just been put in the book with God. It doesn't mean we're just pretending to be right with him. It actually means that the creator of the universe has declared us right in his eyes. See, it isn't that we've just been acquitted or given a pardon. For those that believe in Jesus, the verdict's in right now. It's as if we had never sinned before. 
because through Jesus, we're redeemed. Think of it like this. There's justice, right? What we are owed is eternal separation from God. That's the nature of who we are as humans. A just God would see us expelled. Yet not only does he show his justice, he shows mercy and says, actually, that's not the case. You won't be separated from me. I'll make things right. But in fact, he goes one step further. He goes one step further than justice and mercy. In fact, he extends grace. And so he says, yeah, you've stuffed up. Yeah, you've done some bad things, but I can't see that anymore because I love you so much. And in fact, I want to spend the rest of eternity with you because you are worth it to me. That's insane. We use this word redeemed like maybe it's something we're collecting, like we've got a voucher that we can redeem. But see, in the ancient world, like we had a look at last week, redemption is this very serious business. Redemption, and you might remember Pastor Bree spoke about the ransom price. A price has to be paid for things to be right. This price was so much that the slaves and prisoners that it applied to could never, ever afford it. They would never, ever be able to pay it themselves. They needed someone, someone else to pay it for them. It was out of their control. They needed rescuing, and that rescue had a cost. For the Jewish Christians in Rome that we've been looking at, these words would have also reminded them of their rescue from Egypt all those years before in the book of Exodus. In particular, in particular, it would have reminded them of the Passover meal that they shared, that they were saved from the judgment of God by the means of the blood of the lamb that passed over their household. But now, God would offer himself as that sacrifice so that for once and for all, the price of sin would be paid. Jesus was never the plan B. Even after all that Israel went through, it was all part of the plan. The plan was to restore humanity back to the Father. And so God takes it into his own hands, presents himself in human form as Jesus, as the sacrifice of atonement, through shedding his own blood. This word sacrifice of atonement is a term referring to the lid of the mercy seat. And what's a mercy seat, you might ask? Well, this is the Ark of the Covenant. In Old Testament times, this was placed in the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, and later, the temple. And there's a place right at the back where no one could go because we're dirty humans, right? A place called the Holy of Holies. And once a year, on the Day of Atonement, a high priest, after extensive cleansing, would go into that place and blood would be poured on the top proof that a sacrifice was made. The blood of an animal would be sprinkled on the top of this, on the lid, on the mercy seat. And so that when God looked down, he couldn't see the sins of the people anymore, but he could see the blood that covered it. But the problem with this kind of atonement sacrifice was that it needed to be made each and every year. There was a need for a more permanent solution. The ultimate priest offering an ultimate sacrifice. Jesus on the cross. See, God not only comes to meet us, 
But God in Jesus came to die for us so that our sins would be covered by his blood so that they can't be seen anymore. So they're completely wiped out. And so he shows in this one act on the cross, not only does this open up his justice, his mercy, but it offers us his grace. But now, but now, what now? What does that mean for us? See, just as wide as the effect of sin was, so too is the effect of justification. Every single person falls short. But every single person has the opportunity to receive salvation. That's why Jesus died for you, to receive salvation. It doesn't matter what you've done, how good you think you are, what you've got accumulated here on earth. The way we are saved has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with what Jesus did for us in our place. Ten times in these ten verses, Paul links faith and justification. And three times in in this um, section, Paul makes the point directly that whilst we are justified in Jesus' death, the the way in which we, we attain that is through our faith. Verse 22 says, The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Verse 25, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Let's make this absolutely clear. Every single human being needs rescuing from Jesus, needs rescuing from their sin. We are all in the same boat. Jesus was crucified for that exact purpose. That's God's work, not ours, and it's freely offered to each one of us. We haven't achieved anything. We're no better than anyone else. We've simply recognised our need and received the result by trusting in the one who can save us from our sins. The certainty of our salvation is all about putting our faith in the one who can and has made the change. Nothing we can do. It's interesting sometimes when you you catch up with people and go, oh, how's your faith journey going? What's going on for you? It's like, oh, well, I haven't read my Bible enough. I haven't been to church very often doesn't matter. It's not about that. It's about what Jesus did and has sealed for you. doesn't matter how often you come, though we want to see you here every week. Happy days. We're missing out when you're not here. Be at church. I'm not saying that. Your salvation isn't contingent on the amount you read your Bible, the amount of times you sit in these pews. That's sealed. It's about your faith. And see, the thing is, I don't know where you're at with Jesus right now. Maybe you've known him for a long time and maybe today there's something stirring in you that says, yeah, you know what? It's actually not about me. (laughs) Yep, we've all been there. (laughs) We all go through those, those moments. 
But see, maybe you don't know Jesus. This is the way. The only way to, to find wholeness and restoration with God the Father, Jesus. Trusting Jesus through faith. And see, it's not a 50-50 deal. It's not like, well, we do some things and Jesus does the rest. It's not even 90-10. It's 100% Jesus. He's done it all. He sealed the deal. So today, whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, (laughs) whether you've got it all together or you don't, this offer is available to you. And maybe you've made that commitment to Jesus a long time ago, but maybe today you need a revelation that actually it's got nothing to do with you and it's got everything to do with him. Or maybe you're hearing this for the first time and that there is hope in your brokenness, there is hope in your despair, because none of that matters, because the God of the universe wants to spend eternity with you. Nothing in this life can be so hard that means that you won't end up with him when you put your faith in him. So my question is, we know that we are broken people. We know that we are in need of a rescuer. We've identified that there's a problem. My question is, have you accepted the solution for your problem of sin? There's one problem. We've all got the same problem. And there's one solution. And his name is Jesus. It's for everyone. The solution, my friends, is placing our faith and trust in him. Giving our lives to his service and worship. Not because that's what earns it. It's already sorted. But because that's our response. That's our our reaction to all that he's done. He's given us eternal life and saved us from a life of brokenness and emptiness and shame and guilt. And he went to the cross and died in our place. Why wouldn't we respond with adoration and gratitude? Amen? Amen. Let's stand as we begin to um, head back into worship. I just want to pray right now that that if there's things stirring in your heart, if there's things that are are stirring you in your, your walk with the Lord, that you have a revelation today that it's not on you. The price is paid. That is where your salvation lies. And you know what? Maybe you're new here today. Maybe you haven't met Jesus before and you don't know what this is all about. Today could be the day. Remember I said at the start, I don't want to, leave, I don't want to see you leave the same as you walked in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, that no matter where we come from, no matter what we've got in our hands, You see beyond that. You've always seen beyond that. Father God, thank you that you've made a way, that you've paid the price, that there's now no longer any reason for us to be shameful, no longer any reason for us to carry guilt. Father God, you have made a way so that that our response can be worship. Our response to your incredible gift of grace is adoration, is worship, is coming before you and celebrating all that you've done. Father God, maybe 
Maybe we've been on this journey for a while and today you're stirring something new in us. Father God, I pray that you will be in those hearts right now, that you will stir, stir things to change for the better, that, that you, would, you would stir things to point towards you. Father God, if there's, there's someone in this room or someone online that hasn't made the choice to live a life of faith in you, regardless of where they've been, what, they've, what they're carrying, that's been paid. Would they have the boldness? Would you fill them with the boldness to stand up today and say, I trust you, Lord Jesus, that you made a way for me to have eternal life with God the Father, not through anything I've done, but through all that you accomplished on the cross, Lord Jesus. Would you be with us in these moments, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.